and we are back. We are back. Welcome to the Sock and Shop Pod. This is our ninth episode. It's a very special episode today. Why is that, Daniel? More on that later. Stay like, tuned. Yeah, like, <laughs> like two minutes to, before we tell you. <laughs> so, um, wild weekend sports. We're at that amazing time of year. Probably second to March for like the most going on at once. You have NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs going on all at once. Brown Super Bowl. Brown Super Bowl. NFL draft. Discuss, discussion, NFL draft stuff going on. Um, you also have the MLB season. Off to a fast start. Mm-hmm. A lot of things going on. A fun week. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Yeah. You know, NBA playoffs, fun stuff. NHL playoffs, shout out to the Vegas Golden Knights. First ever team to sweep the their first ever series they've wow. been in in the playoffs. Congratulations. And also their first season. Congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights. Cinderella story, you know. Uh, we also wanted to give an Anthony Davis a quick shout out. He is good. We at can basketball, yes, that. yes. We're... Our sources are telling us that uh, Anthony Davis is good at basketball. And uh, at this point, we don't really have any sources, so if you're interested in... If big... you want to be a source, reach out. Reach out. So, you know, as you mentioned, it's the NFL draft coming up. Next week. Next week. It's not like I've been counting down. No, 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 not at all. I, I Probably after opening day for the Browns, I was already counting down to the <laughs> o- draft. Opening day? Yeah. Opening week? Well, uh, the 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 one the one p.m. day game. Yes. As opposed to the other all the other one p.m. non primetime games the Browns yes. have. I mean, will the Browns have a primetime game this year? That's the really big question. We'll figure out Thursday night. They made a NFL so, schedule release TV show. Really? Yes. What channel? NFL Network. Or I think CBS? NFL Network. Okay. Interesting. I can't wait to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be sitting we'll there we'll waiting with like like on the edge of his seat. Um, Steelers twice, okay. <laughs> Daniel? Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be sweet if we talked some NFL draft? It would like, be pretty cool. Like, really got, really got into it. In like an expert perspective. Yeah, how would we do that though? I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm the expert, no? Yeah, but like someone with like a pedigree. Well, okay, Wait, like, we need like, to take a break. We're having some... Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll get into it. Okay. Daniel? Yes. Should we tell our listeners I think about, we should tell them about the, the amazing news that we have. After this commercial break. No, I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. Jokes. Robert Klemko is on the podcast. Yes. He, um, if you're not aware um, of his work, he's a writer for Sports Illustrated and the uh, MMQB, standing for Monday Morning Quarterback. Um, we just found this out today, but he actually is um, the – he wrote the cover story for this week's Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. a story by Baker Mayfield. And um, he's on the pod coming up right after this. Enjoy. Now welcome to the pod, Robert Klemko. He is an NFL writer at Sports Illustrated's MMQB. He wrote the cover story for J.J. Watt's Sports Person of the Year Award. And most importantly, he is a University of Maryland alum. Go Terps. We are very pleased and honored to have Robert on today. Robert, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, so we just, you know, the draft's coming up. We want to just, you know, talk with you about some stuff going on with the draft. Um, it's very important to us this year. The draft's a big one this year. And uh, just so you know who you're talking to, you're talking to mm-hmm. a Cleveland Browns fan, die hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy that I'm still a fan, yes, but I love it, and <laughs> 
Daniel is a Giants fan, so this is a very big draft for us. This is huge for you guys. You yeah. you have to continue being a Browns fan so that when they're finally good, you can say, I, you know, I was still a fan through all the crappy years. Because right, there's right. going to be a lot of people that hop on the bandwagon that, that just, you know, stopped watching and stopped caring about them around this time. Yeah. One, the, the only issue with that is, is we've been saying that for 20 years and right. uh, <laughs> nothing's changed. Yeah. You know, I don't know that any team has ever really amassed the kind of capital in one offseason as they have right now. I mean, with all the cap room and all the picks and then the high picks, picks one and four, so much value and so much opportunity to trade out of there uh, and get even more. You know, I, it stinks that it cost Sashi Brown his job, but I think he did a tremendous job in, in basically tanking <laughs> and then building all these assets. Yeah, my uh, dad and I joke that like Sashi Brown should advertise himself as we're going to stink for two years, but after those two years, we're going to be great. And like after two years, a player personnel guy comes in just like this. Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's not something that kind of jives with football culture where, you know, you're telling these guys to go out and risk their bodies to win at any cost. Uh, and and then managerially, you're obviously not trying to build a, a winner for right now. I mean, you can do it in basketball because these guys aren't putting their livelihoods at risk every time they step on the field. You know, some of these basketball games are just boring as hell, and and really nobody gets hurt. Right. right. So um, as a Giants fan, we had a bit of a down year last year. Um, injuries happened. Uh, we just kind of we hit a wall when Odell went down, what do you think the Giants should do to kind of address this opportunity they have with the second pick? Should they go quarterback with Eli obviously being up there in age, or should we go with the guy I love, Saquon? And and so we make sure we get the Browns involved. Why don't we just go through, like, the top five? Sure, and sure. How, how you view that. Well, you know, I think that the Browns will definitely go quarterback at one. You know, I think they have the opportunity out of four really good players to pick the one they feel like fits them the best. So, you know, I would guess that they would go with Darnold out of USC, but that's just because that's the that's the popular pick. I have no idea if that's just some elaborate smokescreen. Um, I know that they're they're probably not going to pick Baker Mayfield there just because I've been writing about him all spring. Right. Um, so I think that's a, you know, that's a good choice quarterback at one. I don't think you have any reason to trade out of there. Um, and then the Giants pick is, is the really important one because, you know, they could do three things. They could, they could trade a little bit further back uh, mm-hmm. and, and build up some draft capital and maybe even get the quarterback they like, um, you know, in the six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 range. Uh, right. But they're taking a risk that, you know, that guy's not going to be there. I, mm-hmm. You could take Saquon. But, you know, there's a lot of old school people, including the people who run the Giants, that that probably feel like, you know, you don't take a running back that high unless he's, without a doubt in your mind, a transformational once in a generation player like an Adrian Peterson. I don't know that I don't know that everybody feels the same way about Barkley. Um, And and I think the I think the best option is probably go quarterback just because you're never going to have the number two pick again. I mean, Eli Manning as old as he is, 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 is not going to put you in position to pick this high ever again. Right. So, so who would that quarterback be? You know, I, I, I like Mayfield. I've been following Mayfield, but I know that they don't like him as much as uh, some of the other teams around uh, them in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if Darnold's there, that's easy. You know, you just, you just pick Sam Darnold. The pick comes in 30 seconds into, into the clock, right? Right. right. 
Um, I, you know, uh, my, my second quarterback probably is probably Josh Rosen, but I know mm-hmm. a lot of people are worried about his attitude. And, and, you know, we have this weird thing in football where if you're not obsessed with it and you're interested in anything else in life, mm-hmm. people are afraid to draft you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, he's, I think he's as viable an option as anybody else. I don't understand why people are talking about Josh Allen this high. I mean, that that's way over my head, just watching what he was able to do at, uh, at Wyoming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're not, you're not a draft Josh Allen guy? Like the <laughs> <not>. <laughs> yeah. Those guys, those guys are geniuses. <laughs> yeah, they are. We'll, we'll get to them later. I have some, I have something coming a different question later, um, <laughs> but um, you've been following Baker Mayfield for a while. What What is really like about him, both off the field and on the field? Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's an interesting guy because he'll say whatever's on his mind. So I wrote about uh, – I wrote the cover on him uh, this week. It's going to be right. on uh, newsstands this week. Awesome. And uh, I, I include a story about uh, – I was talking to him after his pro day and after he had had lunch with the – uh, Giants offensive coordinator, uh, I'm sorry, Chargers offensive coordinator mm-hmm. and some of their staff. And I said, you know, how'd it go? And he said, well, they gave me some stuff to study the night before, and, and I probably could have done better on it. But I got to prioritize the teams that are going to have a chance to draft me. Mm-hmm. And, and I just thought, yeah, I, I guess that's a reasonable thing to think, but I don't know that I would ever say it. Right. Uh, certainly not to a reporter. Right. Uh, and, and I think that he's, he's going to have to find a filter, not just with the media, but professionally. Because when you speak out of turn about NFL players and you say you slip up and say, oh, well, hey, Emmanuel Sanders, yeah, he could have had a better game. And, and we're going to work on some of that stuff. Those guys, those guys get in their feelings about it. And, and it can create rifts in locker rooms. I mean, I was here in Denver this past year when they basically had an offensive defense versus defense fight because the offense was underperforming. And I think Mm -hmm. Baker can count on whatever team he goes to to underperform at first because he's going to be a top five, top ten pick. Mm -hmm. So I think he has to really work on his diplomacy. But everything else that I've learned about him, I I think he's going to be tremendous. I mean, incredibly smart, uh, so much responsibility, so much more responsibility than people uh, give him credit for in the Oklahoma offense. Uh, And then the the product on the field, I think, is the best of, of anybody in this class. And uh, just to praise you a little bit, um, that one Baker Mayfield piece where you sat down with their, I think, was it head coach, offensive coordinator? Uh, Uh, Oh, you're talking about uh, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Yes, exactly. That was an amazing piece. What I loved about that is like the video footage that you brought in where you can really see like what Baker did right and did wrong. And, Mm -hmm. And I think when you see uh, his mistakes, what he did well, and and how he was taught. I think he's doing things like you were saying that no other guy in college did. Like, how often on on college football do you just see like the boards being right put in the air, yeah, the posters exactly. and uh, the Oregon type thing? <laughs> yeah, I think John. Um, I love Baker. And I think he should definitely be a top ten pick, just because. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's pretty much not a lock, but he's pretty much he's penciled in there by most people. Top top ten. Yeah. Well, I think with that story, what that really illustrated, and what I learned from reporting it, was how much experience matters for quarterbacks in college, and why 
these guys that, you know, started 35 games in college tend to get drafted higher than anybody anticipated they would Mm -hmm. is because people love to see that growth and it gives you a a really nice sample for how quickly they're going to learn things in the NFL. Right. Through your work with um, talking with Baker and, and, and learning about guys with different attitudes, like especially with being a knock on them, these, these really confident guys, these, some, some may call them cocky, but if you look at the top quarterbacks in the NFL, the Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, especially Brady and Rodgers, those guys are cocky, and that's what make and that's part of what makes them so great. That's why do you, swagger. Why, why do you think there's such a stigma against that sort of cockiness that really can take a quarterback to the next level? Well, I think that um, with Brady and Aaron Rodgers, they were certainly the same people that they are now when they were rookies, but that. Uh, swagger and self-confidence was very contained and you never saw it in the media yeah and and it all happened behind the scenes the story you hear about Brady is him telling Robert Kraft that you know if you don't draft me you're going to regret it and Robert Kraft's like who the hell is this guy right (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's not like Tom Brady was making headlines at Michigan or during the draft process for saying outlandish things like that Right. It was it was all contained. So when when you have a guy like Baker specifically who says outlandish things and does outlandish things before he even gets to the NFL, NFL types say, wait a minute, are we even going to be able to control this guy? If, he, if he's right. if he's like this in the press when everyone's watching, how crazy is he in the building? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we want to ask you question now what are you more proud of your 2017 sports person of the year cover story or winning the barstool sports capital j journal <laughs> which one yeah probably the cover story <laughs> is it close though why? Is it close? Yeah, i don't know you know i went in there it, determined to win the barstool sports uh big j journalist combine but then afterwards i found out that uh, nobody else took it as seriously as i did and i thought you know that's kind of funny i guess but uh, i hate watching myself on video so i haven't actually seen that video oh really yeah we we watch we watch some film you know we you know frame by frame the the moment that i knew he got it was when he threw the soda cans no one else threw the soda cans away (laughs) that was a very important move by him and i I think that also the the one the 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 one bread sandwich the open open face sandwich yeah Right, right. No one thought. You know, Wait, well, what is that's why none of them have been on the pie. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what we did. We just looked at who won that competition. We, <laughs> we need them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, those guys are great, and I think they're so smart in how they um, kind of parody and, 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 in a lot of ways, mock how seriously we take uh, covering football, which you know, in the end, is just a kid's game. And so the the whole Big J journalists and them like breaking fake news on Twitter. I mean, it, it's genius. Yeah. Like, it, it, there was there was a kind of a niche uh, screaming to be filled, and they filled it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think all of Barcelona really filled it in a way, but I think they're the best at it. I got. Well, we'll give a quick shout out to to their podcast. Yeah. Not not saying it's better than our podcast, but more people have heard it. If you only got time. Yeah, yeah. Check out ours. Yeah, you know? you time yeah. too. Listen to yeah, exactly. So, so um, kind of a little back to the draft. 
uh, you've been following you've been following for a while what's your um what's your favorite combine story or um pre-draft story hmm you know one time i was at um what's it called there's a bar that everyone goes to at uh in indianapolis called prime and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a good restaurant but it, the, the owners stay open to like five in the morning during the combine because the combine is really just like spring break for coaches <laughs> <laughs> that's what and, they don't tell you <laughs> yeah and uh you know so people like our beer spends all night every night out you know buying drinks hanging out with people and it's like it's like he he builds up a lot of goodwill for for the rest of the year it's really smart um and like by the end of it he has no voice at all right and so and so all, uh, there's a segment of coaches and scouts that like to get after it that hang out at prom or, um for with at john fox's table this reporter who that season i can't remember which been three or four years ago that season had written about a John Fox training camp and how Jay Glazer had hit, has had his run of the place <laughs> and how Jay Glazer's kid was like on the field. And it was like really, it was really snarky and critical of Jay and his relationship with Fox. <laughs> and um, the guy came into prime and like, I don't know how he ended up at that table or just like standing at that table but Jay jumped up and uh, grabbed him by his collar and basically dragged him across this humongous <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh, circular table and was just like reading this guy's rights. <laughs> and he was just That's awesome. scared as hell. And uh, they, they broke a bunch of glasses. Fox ended up paying for the all the broken glassware. Good guy. Just, yeah. How, how could we hear about it, this? Yeah. Who covered it up? <laughs> it just it just doesn't. You know, I probably shouldn't be talking about it. You know what? Talking about what? Are we even talking? <laughs> not even. This is not even a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of fun uh, things that happen like that where like old beefs are. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> old beefs are are, deci- are, are hashed yeah, out. And and all I really took from that, or the main thing I should say, is since I'm going to be trying to win my fantasy league next year, I should hit up Prime, right? Is that is that where you go for the inside <laughs> yeah. scoop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's funny. You don't see a lot of local people or just like fans in general at any of the places in Indianapolis. So it's like the people around there have this understanding that this is the NFL's thing. And they should not be like asking for autographs or asking for pictures with coaches. It's it's very odd. It's the only NFL setting where that's the case. And and one of the best um, uh, articles I saw from the combine was that there was this meetup at a bar in Indy by all the fired Browns mm. coaches and executives. Can you confirm that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I think that was an SI article um, by Jonathan Jones. If I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was a, it was a tweet that we ended up running down and putting in an article. But yeah, it was uh, it's it's funny because a lot of people go there to try to get jobs. Really? So yeah, so there's like fired coaches running around, uh, like like you know you see like Ryan Grigson, right? <laughs> and and 
four years ago, he used to run that town. And now, now he's like, you know, looking for the right opportunity for work. So it's a lot of people who, um, you know, have been fired and disgraced in some way, you know, that even though that's not the right word. Um, and and you, it's just, it's everybody in the whole NS, NFL orbit is there. Right. So um, we want to ask you some, we're talking about the content. So we had some special questions. Um <laughs> If you are stuck in an elevator and you only have one podcast to listen to, which <laughs> podcast would you choose? <laughs> you know, I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> oh, this, I, is uh, a, guess... this is a trick question. <laughs> There's one right answer. <laughs> all right, all right. You guys, you guys are runners up to This American Life. How about that? Okay, okay. that's fine. I'll okay. take it. I'll take it. I'm a fan of This American Life, so yeah. that's fine. We're, we're just getting started. We're number two. That's great. <laughs> all right. Well, one, one more. And, okay. Um, this is important. This is the most important one. Do you have the eye of the tiger? <laughs> I'm going to disappoint you guys. I, I've never That's even fine, seen though, any of the rock. Do you have the eye of the tiger? That's the real question. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, please explain why, also. <laughs> do I have yeah. the eye of the tiger? I don't know. I'm, yes or no? I have no idea. Yes. 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 I can tell. That's why we reached out. Yeah. We have it. All men. <laughs> yeah. At graduation, they give it to you. Where are you, bo- where, where, where are you boys from? Silver Spring. America. Yeah, I went, oh, to, I cool. went to Blake. Wow. That's great. I went to school in Montgomery County. So. And I'm, I'm a Cleveland okay. boy. Out of state. That's right. That's right. I get... Uh, I got... Uh, Cleveland fans in my mentions every time Tony Grossi says something. Yeah, I saw you guys um, tweeting at each other a little bit. <laughs> you know, you know, all Cleveland wants is a winner. You know, you have LeBron. That's you're yeah. So, are you saying LeBron should go to the Browns? He should. He's already on the Cavs. And like, I don't know. Oh, he's he's doing a good job there. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> no, so our last question is: um, Who is uh, your sleeper in this year's draft? Someone to look out for maybe as a late first rounder, second, third rounder, day two guy. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy that came up a bunch of times when I was doing like statistical research on Baker and talking to like pro football focus and some of these different scout more obscure scouting services was um, mm-hmm. really? Mason Rudolph. I like Mason. And, yeah. At Oklahoma state, he made more what they're called NFL mm-hmm. throws than any of these, you know, top six, top seven quarterbacks. Just, and, you know, what they mean by that is like deep throws outside right. the numbers, timing routes, um, 10 yard outs, stuff like that. Uh, and, and he was like far and away, um, not the best, but the, the, the most volume in terms of NFL throws. And he was pretty successful at them too. And I think somebody like New England is going to look mm-hmm. at that and say, you know, this guy's accurate. He's got a big arm. And we've got time, and, and we can draft him to be, you know, somebody special for us down the road. So that's that's my guess is that Mason Rudolph is going to be somebody. Nice. So is that a possible hot take? We do hot, we do a lot of hot takes on this show. Is that is that a hot take that Mason Rudolph <laughs> will be the next Tom Brady? <laughs> I didn't say he'd be the next Tom Brady. I said he'd be somebody. That can't be a hot take. Yeah. yeah. Point. I'm good with that. Um. And what are your thoughts on Lamar Jackson real quick? Bonus question. Bonus question. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he, uh, he didn't really interview well 
at the combine and, and during this whole process, nobody really thought he would because he's not like an eloquent guy. And I think when they put him on the board um, and, and asked him to recreate plays after teaching him plays or explain the Louisville offense that mm-hmm. he disappointed. And I don't know if that's because he, he doesn't understand it as well as he should, or if he just can't express it as well as some of the other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's all I've ever really heard about him. Uh, and I haven't sat down and watched the film. Like I said, I've been uh, covering Baker all spring. But, you know, I think that he's probably going to fall, whereas he probably had an opportunity to be a mid-first-round pick. But that kind of scared some people, and I think he'll be and, a second-rounder. Um, Daniel, can I uh, shout out a hot take of my own real quick? Go for it. So, yeah. um, I don't think it's going to happen, but I hope it does I think Browns should go QB1, and then if a Lamar Jackson falls to one of their second-round picks, they should totally scoop him up. Well, look, look at what the uh, you know the Washington football team did. Uh, they drafted Griffin, and then in the fourth round, they picked yeah. Kirk Cousins, and Kirk ends up being the franchise guy. Now they've they yeah. screwed that up completely, but they, right. it could have worked. I, I feel like second round is probably too early because that guy's going to be like a legitimate prospect and, and like start, you know, he really challenged yeah. that first rounder for playing time early. But if you take a guy in the fourth or even like the third and sit him, uh, I think yeah, that's fine. Yeah, create a little policy. That's some, definitely something that they could try to do. Um. Yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, to our listeners out there, uh, you can check him out on Sports Illustrated. He wrote the cover story this week. Check that out. And um, also on the MMQB, especially as the draft is uh, next week. So uh, thank you for coming on the thank pod. Thank you, Robert. Yeah, thank you guys. Have a good one. Wow. Wow. That was awesome. That was a blast. Big thank you to Robert Klemko from SI. Remember, all you listeners, check out the cover story of this week's Sports Illustrated about Baker Mayfield, the quarterback from Oklahoma. Who who wrote that? Who did write it? Oh, yeah. Robert Robert Klemko. Wow. Wow. That was awesome. And Daniel, can I tell you what I love most about it? What? And it's really interesting because it connects well with our interview uh, with George Solomon last week, yeah. former sports editor of the Washington Post. He talked about how in journalism there isn't enough fact reporting. Right. What Klemko did was just that. He only talked about the facts. He was very knowledgeable. He said that Baker Mayfield is very intelligent. And sometimes he makes a little statements that are out there. Right. But, but he didn't say this guy's going to go on and be a Hall of Famer. No. He just said, this is what I know. And right. we'll see what happens in the NFL. Exactly. I think that's something – it's very refreshing, especially for someone who got so close to Baker. He's been writing about him for like a month now. He's mm-hmm. been, been getting information from him. Someone who gets so close and can still remain objective, I think that's something that's very important. 100%. Especially today. Daniel, that's a great point. Thank you. So we talked about the NFL draft. Let's get into some NBA playoff talk. You don't want to talk about the Brown Super Bowl anymore? Not, not yet. Okay. We'll get to that. Don't, hey, we're potting over the summer also. There's plenty of... Yeah. Get out. Yeah. Yeah, you heard us. We're potting over the summer. Oh, yeah, we are. Boom. Bang. Woo. Bang. 
Okay. <laughs> NBA playoff talk right, right. happening right now. Daniel, can I kick it off? Kick it off. Spurs not getting a lot of love these days. Not getting right? any love at all. You know who one guy is that deserves a lot of love? Who is it? LaMarcus Aldridge. Kawhi Leonard. No? Ooh, Daniel. Ooh, too, too soon? Too soon. Too too soon? soon. Wait, say it again. I don't know if everyone heard you. LaMarcus Aldridge. L.A. Uh, so basically, for people that have been watching the Warriors-Spurs series, Aldridge is simply just putting the team on his back. He is yeah. playing with this energy, this passion, just bringing the heat. And and I think last night he had 32? 34. 34 and 12. 12. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and not only those amazing stats, but his presence out there. Mm-hmm. He... Uh, just played so hard, played with emotion, and and it was contagious. Like I was getting pumped up just watching someone trying to be the man on his team. Right, and this playoffs, he is averaging twenty four points a game. He's shooting a hundred percent from the free throw line, and he is shooting forty eight percent from the field. Last playoffs, he only averaged sixteen and a half points a game, and he shot forty forty six percent from the field. So all of his stats are up. He now he's the main contributor with Kawhi out. We can talk about Kawhi in a little bit, yeah. or about or on a different pod. There's a lot of stuff to digest with that whole thing, mm-hmm. and we might want to talk about that more as it pertains to to um, possibly a trade next year. Uh, yeah. More of the off season speculation, but the Marcus Aldridge has been putting the team on his back. He's facing a juggernaut team even without Curry, especially with the team. Like the Spurs. They got Quinn Cook, dude. They got Quinn Cook. That's a good point. <laughs> How many uh, listeners do you think just said, who? Who? Wait, we have very intelligent listeners. We do. We He's do. obviously the point guard from Duke. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Former Cav. Former Cav. Fun fact. Yeah. I think everyone at this point is a former Cav. And like, I'll be like, okay. <laughs> everyone, I guess. Everyone's a former. If you're a free agent in the NFL, you're a former Brown. That's oh, how it works. Well, that's, that's true, actually. <laughs> Especially if you go to a different team and start dominating immediately. Yes. Deion Lewis. Um, <laughs> you you listen. Of course, I listen. You listen when I talk yeah. to you, Daniel. That's what that's what we do. That's why that's why partner system but for podcast. Yeah. So big shout out to Marcus Aldridge. I we don't think I think we can agree. We think the Warriors will, will win this series, probably a sweep. But the Marcus doesn't have much help. Patty Mills is a good player, but nothing to really compete with the Warriors, especially when KD and Clay are playing as well as they have been mm-hmm. playing. And and I think just to compare the. Uh, spurs a little bit to my beloved Cavs. Mm-hmm. I think what's so interesting, and one of my biggest frustrations, it comes from a place of love because right. I love my Cavs. Mm-hmm. There's not enough of a system. The Cavs just squeaked out a three-point three victory, 197, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, 197. And uh, there just isn't enough team basketball. Right. And and I think what really makes the Spurs unique is they fed Aldridge. Don't get me wrong, but only with 10 seconds left on the shot clock. Mm-hmm. There's so much ball movement off right. ball screens to get to that point. And I think just the impact that that has on the team and the quality of the basketball, the Spurs are very undermatched. Right. They just don't have enough talent. But the way their brand of basketball is keeping them in the series. Right. And, the, I mean, they're down too well. But the games are close. Right. And I think to kind of uh, bring it to the college game a little bit, what Villanova did so well, they won the national title. They would move the ball so well, as uh, the NBA 2K announcer would say, without any individual agenda. Oh. Which is something I hear every time. Because <laughs> I move Are you the saying ball. you play a lot of 2K? I play a lot of 2K, and I move the ball really well in 2K. So, um, 
we'd like to give a shout out and telling all of our fans to look out for Daniel Shaw of my career. Is yeah. he a rookie? Or? I'm a rookie right now on the Knicks. Um, I just gained the starting role for my assistant wow, coach. Wow, congratulations. And From Frank? Frank? Are you talking about 2K18? Yeah. I don't know my assistant coach's name. Oh, no, 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 no. I was saying uh, Frank, I'm bad at saying his last name. They're first-round pick from this year. Oh, Frank Nielakina? Yeah. No, it was uh, from Jared Jack. Oh. Uh, do, do you play my career mode on 2K18? Daniel, wait. You didn't start over Jared Jack? It's, it's, it's a flaw in the game. I would score more. I would come in. I would get buckets immediately. So you're saying... They, they make you wait a few games to get there. I mean, By the way, Jared Jack was great back in this prime. Yeah, yeah. Do you play 2K18 my career? Um... I was going to say I used to, but... Like it's a pretty recent game. I know. <laughs> I used to play 2K my career, yeah. but not 18. I don't love everything they did with the story, but whatever. That's okay. okay. I, I feel like some parts are a little bit corny, but at the same time, it's fun. So, no complaints. Speaking of 2K. Yeah. When you're playing 2K, one guy you don't want to go against is Giannis. Yeah. Okay? And, and one thing that the Bucks have been doing very transition, differently. Daniel, I'm scary good at transition. <laughs> did I say that out loud? Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Sometimes you got to show yourself a little love. Yeah. That's, you know? Hey, it's our podcast. And that's okay? And that's okay. 100%. Um, actually, it's the fans podcast. It is the fans podcast. You tell us what you want to hear and we'll try our best to give it to you. But Alan's still going to be a beast at transitions. Yeah. That's um, not going to change. And by the way, keep your eye on my transitions because I do it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't it know if you picked up on that. I don't always point it out, but it's there. But you realize? Yeah. Thank you. So, Giannis. One thing that the Bucks have been doing differently, their head coach, Joe Pronti, former Cavaliers assistant coach. You know it. Everyone's uh, a former Cavaliers assistant coach. I know coach. way too many former Cavs assistant coaches. Do you want to name some right now? Like maybe yes. three? Um, there's one on the Nets. I don't know his name. That's one. Um, I'm not <laughs> even kidding. You could Google it. Um, he used to sit like in the back row of the bench on the Cavs. That's detail. Yes. Um, oh, what was his name? There's a assistant coach... What team was that? I was just watching the other night. Pelicans? No. Uh, I don't know. We'll check it out. There's another one on a playoff team that I saw. A team. A team. A team. Yep. There's another one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Great and then, job, Alan. And I'm going to say another one. Hot take. Mike Malone. Yes, Mike Malone. Denver Nuggets head coach. There it yes. is. Um, and Joe Pronti. And Joe Pronti. Uh, there's one more. I can't think of. Maybe there's it's my more, There's many more. I'd say there are many more former Cavs assistant coaches. And uh, one thing that Joe Pronti's done, he's moved Giannis into the high post. Right. And, Danny, what are your thoughts from a tactical perspective about I that? I mean, I think having a guy with Giannis' skill set, he's um, very, very – when, when Jason Kidd was the head coach, they, uh, pre- they, um, had, they experimented with Giannis playing the one at the top of the key. I think that was good. It, it showed a lot of different parts of his skill set and the, the way he can create. Um, you know, set up his teammates and take the ball to the basket. But I think having him in the high post is kind of like an unstoppable weapon. He's 100%. very good with the mid-range, and he's 6'10", six, 6'11", six, with crazy arms, so you can always get him the ball. And if you double him, if you don't double him, he'll take it to the basket and he'll overshoot over you. And if you double him, he'll make a backdoor pass, make a pass to the corner because he has a very high basketball IQ, and he'll destroy you that way. So I, I think it creates a lot of matchup. It's a matchup nightmare. And props to the Celtics for being able to deal with that. And, and you know, uh, as an NBA fan, watching the um, Bucks is a little bit frustrating. Yeah. Because this is a team with so much talent. Giannis, Middleton, Parker, Brogdon, Bledsoe, Henson. Yeah, John Henson, you get yeah. a shout out. Yeah. Matthew Della Vadova. What college John Henson go to? 
Let's go. UNC. Yes. Yes. Woo. It's a big deal when I know college basketball. This is so. big. Big shot blocker. What college did Matthew Delavadova go to? St. Mary's. He did go to St. Mary's. I, I was going to say Australia. Like, whoa. I know myself. St. Mary's, yeah. St. Mary's has the Australian connection. Why is that? They recruit Australia really well. Their, their best player, Jock Landau, is from Australia also. So. And listeners, three, two, one. Who? Jock Landau was uh, second team All-America this year, I think. Okay, my bad. Um, Good player. Shout out to Jack. We'll have the Jock. Jock? Yeah, his name's J-O-C-K. That's pretty cool. That's sick. Yeah. Um, and like, if you're not good in at relation ball, to Nikola Jokic? No, but like, no? similar styles of play. Jokic is much more skilled, like outside. You like how I pronounced his name, so it sounds Jokic. similar. Yeah, like Joker. Yeah. yeah, the Joker. The soft J. Yes, and but I don't understand why the Bucks aren't good. I mean, sometimes the pieces don't fit when you have really good pieces. Like you were talking about the Cavs. Yeah. Here's how I view the Cavs. <laughs> yeah. The Cavs, Everyone hold on for this, okay? okay? The Cavs are a puzzle where the pieces fit together, but it doesn't make a coherent picture. I don't know if, like... So basically what I'm saying is, like, they have guys who they're, like, they're, like cookie-cutter roles, except for LeBron. LeBron's, like, this big piece in the middle that connects to everything. He's but, that really big, good-looking cookie. Right. Or puzzle piece. Same idea. I you like You can cookies, do it with cookies. Though. I like cookies as well. So, like, you can, like, have, like... Jose Calderon, who can like run the offense, but can't really play any defense. You have, Ooh. you have like uh, Tristan Thompson, who can basically only rebound and Ooh. only rebound. Um, you have Kevin Love, who can do a few things, but like basically has become more of a spot up shooter rebounder. Like a few skills. Jeff Green can kind of like is a, a solid athletic swingman. Hit it. Over they just the don't mesh. There's none of the, they. They have more pieces and, f- and not as many basketball players, like complete basketball players. And that's why you're a philosophy major. Oh wait, I'm not. What what major are you? Three, two, one. Business. Business. We did not plan that we didn't at plan. all. We just know that we have the same major. And Daniel. Yeah. Oh, I don't have a good transition here. What, just, let's talk about it. Just, but I wanted a good transition. Okay. Wait, wait. What were we talking? We were talking about puzzle pieces. Puzzle pieces. What's okay. one of my favorite puzzles? Connect four. No, no, no. No, no, no. Let me take this one. Ready? You know, I'm, you're, you know what I'm you're, trying to do? What? It's a certain aviary puzzle. Uh, dude, I don't know. It's a bird puzzle. I don't know. Pelicans? Yeah, it's a pelican puzzle. Okay, Daniel, solid. But let the expert take over for me. I was trying to help you out. But we, whatever. Watch. Hey. Connect a, four. Yeah. You know Rajon Rondo's the best connect four player in the NBA? I saw that. Google it. Um, I'm on it. So basically, it's actually bad. The, <laughs> the Pelicans, shout out to them. They have been playing. Um, oh, that was our... Uh, that's the transition we wanted to do. Alvin Gentry has done an unbelievable coaching job with the Pelicans. Yeah, I think it's true. It's I true. think they're a very similar team to the Bucks, but the Pelicans are fitting beautifully together. And I think one main reason for that is Gentry's coaching style of really letting Rondo call the shots. Yeah, and their team is meshing beautifully. Uh, I, I saw. I think it was game one, late game situation, and there was a there was a timeout. Everyone was looking at Rondo. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where, where, where um, the myth, the legend of playoff, playoff Rondo, it's not a myth, it's a legend of playoff Rondo really comes into form because you know he knows how to shine the biggest moments. All, just, of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's a three-point shooter. Where's this coming from? He sees the game unbelievably well. Yes, yes. And I think he's found a place in New Orleans 
where he's found a coach who he can who he who he doesn't clash who, with, who lets him do who him. Lets him do him, and at the same time who has respect of, of the team, and also he has a guy like Anthony Davis who they work really well together, and a, a guard with Drew Holiday, they seem to be really getting along well, and they and even though Davis is the guy on the team, and also Boogie, you know, who's out right now, right? They look to Rondo kind of as the team's basketball IQ emotional leader, and, and I think it's important to know those roles off the court. And if I told you the uh, Pelicans would be looking this good at this point of the season after the boogie injury, what would you say to that? I'd say that's very unlikely, to say the least. Because what the, the Pelicans, like, their, their main appeal, their main, like, reason why you have to watch out for them is that they had these the, the two best the, big men in the mm-hmm. NBA. I'd say they're the two best. The most versatile, the most dominant inside. I agree with that. And no disrespect to Nikola Jokic. But... You have both of them, and how are you supposed to? If you handle one, you can't handle the other. They can both play on the inside and the outside. They can have one on the outside, one on the inside at the same time, and you lose one of them. And okay, fine. So like, you still have a great player, but the Pelicans or the Pelicans weren't great with like, like Just Davis. Okay, they were fine. Right. Like they were like a decent team, but they weren't like what they were seeing now against the Blazers in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And and I think with the Pelicans, I think you got to keep an eye on them in the West. Yeah, definitely. Just the fact that. Davis against a team like the Warriors, it's a it's a weird matchup. It's a weird matchup. How is JaVale McGee supposed to contain Anthony Davis? How is even a guy like Kevin Durant supposed to contain him? Davis is big. Like I understand, like, okay, if you're talking about Anthony Davis coming out of college where he weighed like two hundred to ten pounds. Now he's a chiseled two fifty. Really? Yeah. I know he was that big. Two fifty three, wow. I think. How are you so how if you're K D, if you're JaVale, how JaVale can't keep up with him athletically. Kevin Durant can't keep up with him like physically. So how are you supposed to stop him? Mm-hmm. Maybe I, you force the ball out of his hand. Maybe you put Draymond on him. I'd probably put Draymond on him. And, but and still, he's a tough matchup. Davis has speed over Draymond, though. Right, also length. But at the same time, I think Draymond can, can kind of not let him get positioned so okay. And so That's a possibility. And, and I think what's really interesting, too, who would have thought that the backcourt of Rondo and Drew Holiday would be out playing Lillard and McCollum? By a lot. Like Drew Holiday's been shutting down Lillard when he was out there. And Rondo almost had a triple-double last night. And in game one, he had, like, 17 assists. And you know what they say, like, when someone had their fingerprints all over the game? Yeah. Rondo has his fingerprints all over the game. You know what? He has his fingerprints so much over the game, he still has fingerprints over the Celtics games. Right. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, I got nothing to that. That yeah. was good. Let's transition to the Celtics. Yeah, okay. I'm warning from the best. That was, like, a... I give that a B-minus no, no, transition. Solid, solid. Solid. Yeah. Celtics C- to Celtics. Right. C plus. C plus. I give myself a B minus. Okay. Okay. Oh, we just said okay at the same time. Can't plan that. Can't script it. This is how I would do it. Um, Another great team. Another great coach. Similar situation. Boston Celtics. I like that. See, I'm learning. Both had a star go down. Right. Yet, the Celtics, like the Pelicans, are looking really, really good. And they don't have that star right now. Like... The Pelicans do with Anthony Davis. Their stars right now are Terry Rozier and Jalen Brown. And no, nothing against Al Horford. He's an All Star. He's a. He's more of their anchor. He's more of their anchor. Their defensive anchor. Shout out to Anchor. Daniel, that was golden. Wow. We would like to thank Anchor for giving us an amazing platform for us to record and publish our podcast. Thank you, to Anchor. We never thought it would be a reality when we had this crazy idea to you know do a sports podcast, and we're doing it. This is our ninth episode, and we couldn't be more thankful to Anchor and the services they provide. Back to the Celtics. Yeah. 
Um, so their starting lineup was Horford, Baines, Rozier, Brown, Brown, and Tatum. Tatum. Nothing to write home about. Yeah. But still, like Rozier and Brown have been playing unbelievable basketball. Horford's been great inside. Um, I want to focus on Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier. Let's focus on. Let's talk about Rozier first. Okay. When Kyrie went down, we were like, okay, it's over. Forget it. Okay, the Celtics had their run, but. They they can't they can't sustain it they can't keep it up without Kyrie he was their guy, and now, Terry Rozier is putting up very similar numbers to what, to what Kyrie did. Here are his numbers from last game: twenty three points, eight assists. Guess how many turnovers? Zero turnovers. So unlike Kyrie, the Celtics. <laughs> have, the Ce- wow, it would have been bitter that Cavs. You know, no, we were all love for Kyrie. Sometimes they had five <laughs> team turnovers. Five. Wow, and and Daniel. That's how you win a game when the other team shoots 50, 60% from the field. And and that's Brad Stevens. Yeah. It's when you coaching. have an offense that flows, you don't turn the ball over as much. You don't get trapped as much. The ball is bouncing around the perimeter. Right. They, yeah. had, they had six guys score double figures, three of them starters, three of them bench players. And hot take with Terry Rozier. We yeah. have seen in the NBA, and it's not really talked about so much, so many backup point guards right. become stars or great players for another and usually team. Usually like electric, athletic point guards. Right. A uh, Dennis Schroeder, who became yeah. um, the Hawks' backup to now their starter after Teague left. Right. A Eric Bledsoe from the Clippers. Right. And um, what's what was Reggie what was Jackson. Reggie Jackson from the Thunder. Right. And I just think that Rozier is, I think he could be the next one on that list. So keep right. an eye out for him. Keep an eye out for him possibly either staying with the Celtics or maybe maybe being a two-guard, playing with Kyrie. He's a little undersized, but I think he can do it. And let's talk about Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown does not get the the props, the credit he deserves for being one of the best young stars in the league. Maybe it's because he didn't have a great rookie year, but if this were his rookie year, he'd be getting so much attention. Yeah. But he's been great, especially down the stretch when they're getting him the ball more, when he's becoming a primary option. He's been great, and he's been able to match up with Giannis. He had 30 points on 12 or 22 shooting, only one turnover, plus 17, plus minus. He's been great when, the, when he's needed to, when he, when he has the ball in his hands, when he's the guy. And I think that like, he's 21 years old. The sky is the limit for him. His jump shot's improving. He's able to take it to the basket. He's a physical specimen. There's no stopping once he gets into the lane. He's 6'7", 225. Wow, I didn't realize he was that tall. Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah. I remember when he was coming out of high school, and I thought he was better than Ben Simmons. Was that a little bit of a crazy take? Yes, it was. But hey, you live to learn. Yeah, is it true right now? No. But could it maybe Uh, be true in the future? Wait, you... I'm kidding. (laughs) Could it be true in the future? No. Yeah. Yes. No. Why not? Why? You think Ben Simmons is going to always be better than Jalen Brown? Yes. Ooh. Interesting. Brown could be a very good player, but Simmons is is a transcend, what if a Simmons transcendent ne- talent. What if Simmons never learns how to shoot? I don't care. You don't care? He's not shooting now, Daniel. I what, know. What, what, are, what were his stats? I'm saying, what if Jalen Brown becomes the primary option on a on his own team. I cannot see that and starts happening. Averaging I cannot see that happening. You don't see it happening. Nope. You don't see him becoming like a Kawhi type player, no. deep offense defense type thing. Kyrie. They have Kyrie. They have Hayward. I'm not coming. saying on the Celtics. What if he moves teams? Okay, fine. I'm saying it's a possibility. You, you know, we will go back to this podcast if one day where everyone's like Jalen Brown, top three player in the NBA, Ben Simmons, like top five. What's uh? We'll, we'll come back to this podcast right now. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, 
You know, I'll, you know, I'll a hot take audience. I would say. I think I don't even know. This is so much of a hot take. I think a better conversation is Clay Thompson on his own team as a top five player in the NBA. I don't agree. He needs the he needs the ball in his hands, fed to him. I he, disagree. He, you 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 don't you don't think he's a guy who just who has the pocket, the shooter's pocket, and he's going straight up. You think oh, he's a guy who can do it off the dribble? Because I've seen him play off the dribble, and once he I takes more too. than four dribbles, he kind of loses his way. I think he's great at getting to the basket. I think he's deceptive at getting to the basket. There's Decept- a difference. There's a difference when you can do it when you have three guy when you have two of the best offensive players of all time on your team, and they're drawing the defense out as opposed to. Say you put him, like, I don't know, what's a good team for him? Say he's on the Hawks. Clay? Yeah, Clay on the Hawks this Hawks year. Hawks isn't a good fit for anyone. I know, but his own team. <laughs> yeah. You know Clay and LeBron would play beautifully oh, yeah. together. Because then, then you have a defensive guy for LeBron to kind of take the number one assignment on the ball. And you, you know how many threes Clay would hit? He had like a 15-3 game. Hot take, Cavs win the lottery, trade the number one overall pick for Cavs Clay Thompson. Um, Warriors draft DeAndre Aiden. And the Warriors win 82 games. (laughs) No, 83. 83. They would find a way. There'll be another 80. The Cows will also win 82, and they'll play like a (laughs) tiebreaker. Daniel. Yeah. Speaking of hot shooting with Clay Thompson. Yeah. When you think sports, you think heat, you think baseball. Ooh. Night. That was an A-plus transition. Thank you. Wow. Um... Can't make this stuff up. Really cool, great storylines going on right now in the MLB. Uh, the Indians and Twins are playing in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And what's really cool about that is Puerto Rico's had a little bit of a t- tough stretch recently with definitely, the hurricane. Definitely, definitely. And this is a great way for Puerto Rico to get exposure, to give them something to get excited about. And also, if I recall correctly, I think the Indians are donating some of their playoff earnings from last year to Puerto Rico and the recovery efforts. Most importantly, the Indians have a great player named Francisco Lindor. Yeah. He had a home run. He is, I should step back, he is Puerto Rican. Right. In his home country, he had a home run. You Did you see his reaction? I, I saw the home run. I didn't see his reaction. His The smile, you can't even describe it. It, it was one of yeah. those, the fans were going crazy. That's what it's all about. What's cool to see is like when you watch the World Baseball Classic is how international fans watch baseball so much different than we do here in America. In what sense? In that it's a party. If you it's watch, a party. if you like the um, like like if you're watching like um, Team Japan play, all the fans they have like these drums. They yeah. have, they, they have all these like props and stuff. Like whoa, yeah. what's yeah, happening yeah, yeah, here? Yeah. No one's on their phone. It's great. Uh huh. And like. Or the Dominican fans, they got all these instruments they're playing, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if that would necessarily work in America. I don't know if it's like – I think we have to, we should be, you know, a little more – like I don't know if it's true to our culture mm-hmm. necessarily. But I do think we can take some, take some of that enthusiasm. Yeah, and I think just letting the players have a little bit more fun. Right. Bat flips. Well, bat flips bat are awesome. Flips. Yeah, bat, bat flips. flips. Yeah. Bat flips. Bat. Speaking of bat flips, Joey Bats, Joey Batista was signed to a minor league contract by the Braves. I don't know if anyone caught that. Yeah, thing. I saw it. I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah. Wait, I don't know why that looks so good to me. Bat flips. Bat flips. All right, bat flips. Okay. Okay. Um, And the Twins have a young pitcher named Barreas. Jose Barrios. Who, Barrios, who pitched tonight seven innings, three hits, five Ks. Uh, I'm not looking at any stats for that. This is this is 
This is off the top of his head. He got this. Locked in. I mean, he's yeah. not making this up, but he knows it. He's I might got be. it. Check it out. Test me. I, I, I checked. He's right. And, and, <laughs> and um, Ber- Berrios? Berrios. Pitching that well in Puerto Rico, in his hometown. I can't wait to try and see some highlights and see the energy in that stadium. Yeah, it's it's definitely... A, it's awesome just bringing, like, spreading the game around. Obviously, Puerto Rico is already a baseball power uh-huh. with guys like um, Javi Baez mm-hmm. on the Cubs, Carlos Correa. They basically only make middle infielders. Right. And, and, <laughs> and one great thing that's spreading the game of baseball now, and, and that with that, I'd like to introduce Ooh. a new segment. This is a special one, folks. Everyone, you ready for this? Yeah. I don't, I don't think they are. A new segment called Hey Shohei. Oh, Hey Shohei. Hey Shohei. Yes. Shohei Otani, the phenom from Japan. The surprisingly 23-year-old Yeah, from Alan, Japan. what city is he from in Japan? Oh, shoot. Oh, oh shoot. That's where he's from. He's, he's from, from Oshu, Oshu, Japan. Japan. Wow. Yeah, you guys thought I didn't know. Yeah. We got to keep you on your toes, you know? That's the key. That, that's what Everything's a surprise. And um, Shohei Otani, such a... In, in my eyes, I love baseball even more this year right. uh, because of the storyline. It's so fascinating that someone could be playing at such a high clip on both on from a pitching perspective and a hitting perspective. Now, he had a little bit of a setback against the Red Sox, as yeah, most pitchers he was, do. He was a little bit hurt. Yeah, he had a blister problem. He gave a, got, got hit a little bit, but not, not, not terrible. Mm-hmm. Not something that is going like, to you know, stick with him for this year mm-hmm. in the ERA department. And the start before against the A's, he had a one hitter through. He had a perfect game through six. Had seven innings pitch, one hit, one hit, twelve strikeouts, unstoppable. And he's got so such good stuff. And he's only twenty three years old. And also, he already has three homers, eleven RBIs. He's hitting three sixty seven. Three sixty seven. And and another reason Otani is so great for baseball is because that means, and it's ridiculous. It took something like this more exposure to Mike Trout. Right. Because the Angels are good. And they are 13, 13 and four. 4. Wow. The and, Angels are good. And, and Albert Pujols isn't the St. Louis Albert Pujols. No, but he's, but he's been playing pretty well. Right, but I'm saying, like, that's Mike Trout's team. Mike Trout's team, and if they can be good, like they... A few years ago, when the Royals upset them and then went on to the World Series, I think that they lost to the Giants that year. That was a big, that was a big upset. Mm-hmm. The Angels were the best team in the AL. They had 98 wins. Wow. They were great. And then they kind of fell off a little bit. And now it looks like they're back on track. And, you know, it's great for the game of baseball, Mike Trout getting more exposure, especially if you have Mike Trout in the playoffs. 100%. Daniel, since we love our segment so much, why don't you talk about our next one? Well, we haven't had this segment in a little bit. But what's and we're, we're sorry. We're sorry. To our fans. We've had, we, we've had um, a lot of things a lot going on. March about. Madness. We had the Masters. March Madness. MLB preview. Um, but now we're bringing it back. March Madness. March Madness. It's the Ball is Life segment where we do a deep dive, or a not-so-deep dive, into all things the Ball family and the Ball brothers. Daniel. Yeah. Lonzo, Fortnite, take it away. I don't even know if you have the same thing else. Lonzo, Fortnite. Okay, and that's a... No. Let me set the scene, okay? It's 3 a.m. in Lonzo's house. 3 a.m. Lonzo's playing Fortnite. Putting in work. That's what it's all about, Daniel. Lonzo, put him in the Hall of Fame right now. Hours on hours on hours of work. And and that's in in the words of Kobe Bryant. 
Yeah. It's all about attention to detail. All about right? attention to detail. And, and Kobe Bryant was such a guy that puts in the work where no one else sees. Right. And that's what Lonzo's doing. 3 right. a.m. putting in the work, Fortnite. That's how you become the best. That's what it's all about. And so he wins at 3 a.m. And he wakes up his girlfriend to share... The, the 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 in the celebration and share sharing the moment because that's what it's about you know these people the, these players are people too they want to share their accomplishments with their loved ones and right. that's what's more you know what that's a great lesson we can all take and you know even when we accomplish something we think is great you know share it with with other people who can you know can can take joy from that hundred percent when you get that dub in Fortnite share the love right Alan what's your best what's your best and what's the best you've done in Fortnite. Um, and that's a wrap tonight. <laughs> uh, I've done worse. Don't worry. I think, I don't remember, but recently I, I lost at six. Wow. With no kills. So hey, that's yes, okay. Yes, I hey. hid the whole time. Love or not a fighter. Love or not a fighter. I also hide. I don't, I don't get anywhere close to anyone. And if I step out into the open, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. if, if I'm near anyone, I'm done. So, the best shooting game we had is 2K, right? Yeah. We're very good at shooting in 2K. Very good at shooting in 2K. Moving the ball around. Um, that's really all we got for the Ball is Life segment right now. Yeah. I mean, a few weeks ago, uh, Leandro declared for the NBA draft, which I think is a mistake. I don't think he'll be drafted. I think there's a better chance of him ending up back in Lithuania next year than being drafted. Hot take. Hot take. Not that hot of a take. Speaking of hot take. It's now time for our hot take. Guys, you ready for this? Michael Brantley is the best pure hitter in the MLB. What? Yeah. Do you just... Daniel, let's use the eye test first of all. Okay, let's go. You put on Michael Brantley hitting the ball, and your your child's gonna drop. You're gonna feel it, it. Makes you feel good about the game of baseball. Hundred percent. They don't call him Doctor Smooth for nothing. He may he, he hits the ball. You know that hit where it's off the end of the bat and it kind of curves into the outfield. And yes. Out? You know what I'm talking about? That was literally the hit he had last night. It's the most beautiful hit in baseball. And he does it all the time. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on board. I'm on board. What? You're you're in. What's he hitting this year? 357? I don't think that's true. Um, But I think that Michael Brantley, again, we don't want to overreact to April stats. He is hitting 346. Whoa! But you don't want to react. I mean, only 26 at bats, but. (laughs) You don't want to overreact to April stats, but at the end of the day, he's doing what he's doing. And and in his career, he's had great, great seasons. He was um, third in the MVP vote in 2014. He had 327 that year and and, 45 doubles. And basically what I'm really trying to highlight now is the beauty of the game of baseball. Right. And And you helped me out with that. Brantley, in my opinion, hot take, best pure hitter because it is the most pure thing. And the thing is, if he's not, if he doesn't have the injury struggles that he's had, maybe maybe it's not really such a Russia. such a hot take. Maybe it's more of a lukewarm take, like warm still, not that warm. I don't know. I I feel like um, injuries have been the biggest thing to hold Michael Brantley back because, like, if you look like like when he uh, like f- three four years ago, he was one of the best players in baseball. And with that, we'd like to wish Michael Brantley a healthy season. Yeah. And our fans, a great night. Or and afternoon. Or afternoon. Whenever you're listening. Or if you're listening at 3 a.m. playing Fortnite. Yeah, if you're listening to us while you're playing Fortnite, best of luck in the game. And make sure to tell the people you love and care about most in your life about your win if you do win. Because Lonzo Ball has taught us that that's the key. And you know, I, I think that's it for the night. All right. Have a great one. See you next week.